What is going on, people? Uh, welcome to another episode of Daniel's Den. Uh, we got some really good games coming up tonight. Uh, just looking at the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and Raptors game. You know, a rematch of two teams that had a chance to represent the Eastern Conference. You know, uh, a series that where we saw Milwaukee jump out to an early lead and a lot of people kind of saw that, you know, Milwaukee is a pretty prolific team, but of course we saw the mastermind of Nick Nurse, the emergence of guys like Fred Van Vliet, you know, playing a big role, obviously after his kid was born, looked like a brand new man. So it, to me it's real intriguing just because, you know, the first time that these teams played, Milwaukee pretty much controlled the game. It was about 115-105. Uh, Pascal did not shoot well in this game, which is something that's going to have to obviously improve just because the way Milwaukee's length is, they're just going to have to, especially with those post-ups he gets. The only problem I have with Pascal on offense, this is I know he he has played uh, he has played basketball for less than 10 years in his life, and he obviously picked it up very late. So the only issue I feel like he runs with is a lot of times he'll he doesn't really see where the double's coming from. He kind of plays off of, you know, kind of trying to force the action as opposed to letting the the double create an opportunity for him. Especially when he spins baseline. I know he loves that spin. It's a part of his game where a lot of people seem to be they they seem to like that. Uh, you know, he really finds a way to shake defenders off, but with Milwaukee's length, I think a lot of the drives that he will he would get it in terms of uh, against regular teams that he won't get against Milwaukee. And I think we'll see in terms of how Nick Nurse adjusts in terms of which post-ups to attack and how urgent Pascal is with his moves. I think that's something that we'll see. Uh, you know, he can't play around with the basketball, take too many dribbles because Milwaukee, like I've said, you know, they, they find a way to funnel you and they have the length to – to disrupt shots, make things difficult. He shot about 35% last time these guys played. So that's uh, that's the one guy I'm looking at to see how he adjusts. And looking on the, on the Milwaukee side, you know, I'd probably say that, you know, with Brooke Lopez resting last night, they're obviously looking at him to be primed and ready for the game. And I know they, they're coming off the Washington game where, you know, shout out to Bradley Beal. I know he's a guy that doesn't really get a lot of recognition. He obviously was very ticked off. He didn't make the all-star team. He's an all-star caliber player. You know, of course, the issue is, I know people are going to say, well, Trey Young started and he's on the possibly the worst team in the in the East. But, you know, in terms of uh, Beal, I think Beal was an all-star caliber player. I, I feel like he should have made the team instead of guys like Jimmy Butler. But um, that's what happens when your team doesn't very doesn't really compete. I know uh Trey Young's putting up astronomical numbers I think uh Bradley Beal is as well but yeah just to go on move on from that Milwaukee you know their legs are very they're gonna it's gonna really come up in this game I feel just because they went to went to the wire with Washington you obviously Brooke Lopez didn't play but you know Giannis was his usual self but I'm intrigued to see how Toronto pushes the tempo I think this is something that they have to do especially with Milwaukee's length in the half court I think forcing the issue, getting stops, and making guys other than Giannis have to create their own shot. I think that's something that a lot of people have had questions with Milwaukee because, you know, we kind of saw in the playoffs, uh, when you shut down Giannis, it, it comes down to who else is going to step up, who else is going to take the load off of him. You know, Chris Middleton got paid this summer. 
he he has you know made two All Star teams now, which is obviously a good thing. But to me, obviously he's not as good as Clay Thompson is. But to me, I feel like the way this team is built, he's pretty much their Clay Thompson. So they obviously don't have as much talent as Golden State uh, had when obviously they had their runs. But to me, I feel like he has to be a guy that has to show up for them. Uh, he has to he has to shoot a good percentage, and he also has to be about 20. If he can get at least 20 points for them, I think Milwaukee's in a good spot, especially when Giannis is playing 29 minutes on average or, or a bit more than that, if I'm, not, if I'm wrong on that. Um, but it seems that with this team, when they go to their bench, I think Toronto's going to have to capitalize in terms of how they find a way to put guys in situations. I think putting a guy like Brooke Lopez in pick and roll, attacking him downhill, getting him out of the paint. Um, the the thing I like about this Toronto team is they, they seem to find ways to attack matchups. You know, the last time that they played, you know, Milwaukee held them to 40.5% from the field. They shot better from three than Milwaukee did. They shot 42% versus Milwaukee shooting 34%, which could be a good thing. I think Nick Nurse, if he's coming into this game and he's looking at some of the film, I think, you know, obviously not giving up open looks. At the end of the day, these guys are professional basketball players. But if Toronto can shoot well from three, which they have done, I, I think uh, Milwaukee's going to have have a tough game, especially on a back-to-back. I think this is a game where Toronto could capitalize. You know, I'm real intrigued. Uh, Milwaukee did out-rebound them by nine last time, so that's another aspect of the game that you're going to have to look for. And the biggest to me is – how Toronto neutralizes Giannis, especially when he's attacking downhill. You know, this is something that I've said many times in terms of that's where he gets a big chunk of his buckets and also the big chunk of the buckets he creates. I think that's the next aspect, like I said, with uh, Pascal and Giannis's game where he sets guys up, gets guys uh, shots in a good pocket. You kind of watch, watch guys like LeBron, Ben Simmons, um, you know, John Morant, I can go on and on, uh, you know, Trey Young, even Steph when he's healthy, how guys, the the way they throw the pass in terms of leading guys into their shooting pockets on the move. I think Giannis has shown some growth in it. Sometimes I feel like when you get them sped up, you can have them throw things awry, especially when we saw last year, you, you saw Toronto use that three, two. I know Kawhi is not there, but I feel like Toronto still has the length to kind of impact. You're not going to, even when Giannis didn't play well, he was, I think he had a game where he had about 20 rebounds, even though he didn't he didn't have a 40 point night. I think if if I'm not mistaken, this was uh, game three. But to me, I think this matchup is going to be real intriguing. I'm I'm real excited to see this, and yeah, uh, just let me know what you guys think as you guys um, watch the game. I'll, I'm probably going to record this. I won't be in at the time that this game's on, but yeah, I'm definitely excited to see this. Let's now uh, move on to the uh, New Orleans and, uh, you know, Laker game. Zion Williamson is a freak of nature. What you're looking at is a man-child, the likes of which you may not have seen since LeBron James. Certainly the most anticipated NBA debut since LeBron James. I think the comparison thing will never stop. I mean, I think it's great for the game. I don't try to live up to nobody's expectations. I'm looking to just be the best Zion I can be. The phenomenon is taken over. Welcome to the NBA. There is nobody in this building that is sitting. So moving on to the uh, aforementioned uh, Nola versus, uh, you know, La La Land. 
the Lakers in this case. Um, to me, this is going to be a real, obviously this is the first matchup of two guys, probably the two most hyped uh, number one picks in the past at least 25 years. I know people can attest to obviously stuff prior to that, but you know, Zion has obviously been a monster. He's averaging about 22 points and eight rebounds a game and shooting a ridiculous percentage from the floor. I think I saw a stat where um, he, about 150 of his attempts are in the paint and he's taken a few threes, but he's shooting about 80%. If I'm not mistaken, maybe those numbers have changed in terms of within 10 feet, which is pretty disgusting to think of just because I know we try, we try to, you know, get down on guys for having limitations in their game, but a guy like Zion recognizes, you know, it's funny because a guy like obviously Dominique Foxworth, for those who watch uh, Highly Questionable, you know, he kind of likened it to, you know, being at a run and watching, you know, football players play and be the most athletic guys on the floor at a run that you go to, but, you know, they're going to bully you. They're going to, you're going to get to a loose ball, but you may get launched with a little shoulder just because I feel like with Zion, sometimes he doesn't know his strength, which is scary to think of because, you know, he's only about 19 years old. He's been a guy that sat for two, three months. He's, he's clearly urgent. So he, he feels a sense of urgency. I feel like that's what I like about his game. He does everything quick. He, he, he does things with a purpose. I know people try to liken it towards a bull in the China shop. And I kind of obviously watching uh, Barkley highlights and watching young Barkley in Philly, I, I kind of see similarities in terms of them too, but he's just a bull, man. I, I think, um, you know, New Orleans, shout out to David Griffin. I know in Cleveland, a lot of people kind of say, well, you know, LeBron, he, he's a GM and he's this and he's that. But David Griffin, if you look at a lot of the moves he's made, you know, he, he has, he has a, he, he sees the long term. I think that's some, something that you're seeing in New Orleans. He has a long term, uh, uh, picture in his thoughts. You know, he didn't have that luxury in Cleveland, obviously, with LeBron being in his prime and obviously trying to chase Jordan, trying to chase Kobe, trying to chase all these stars in terms of championships, just because, you know, sometimes it is a little tiring being in a win now situation for, for some guys. But in New Orleans, I think he's in a good situation. You know, we've seen the emergence of Brandon Ingram being a 25 point scorer. You know, Drew Holiday has missed time, but when he's healthy, we know he's one of the most elite uh, two-end player, uh, two-way players, excuse me, just because I know the game's played on both sides of the floor, but sometimes you don't realize how elite guys are at putting the ball in the basket, setting up guys, and locking up the best player on the other team, which is something that he does. And obviously moving down that roster, you know, J.J. Redick is still still a killer from three. Uh, you Obviously, he's, he's a guy who moves around a lot. You can't really stay off of him. He moves off a lot of screens. Um, New Orleans has done a good job. You know, Alvin Gentry is a pretty good mastermind on offense. He helped orchestrate, you know, that the first run in uh, Golden State in terms of the offense. I know he hasn't coached a lot of good teams. Obviously, you know, in New Orleans, they haven't been good for a while. And in Phoenix, when he was there, they were good for a bit. But obviously, with Nash being at the tail end of his career and Amari leaving, he hasn't really had the chance to coach good teams for a long period of time. But He's, he's had this team playing pretty good basketball. And, uh, you know, they're top five in three-point percentage. Uh, they shoot at about 37% as a team, which is uh, a bit 
bit concerning because I know uh, these teams have played this year and it's been pretty competitive, even without Zion. So I'm kind of intrigued to see uh, how LA handles the transition threes, especially because of they they love to crash. And you know, moving to LA, obviously we we've seen LeBron, you know, pretty much be the the or- or- orchestrator on offense. He does everything go runs through him in LA in terms of the way they run pick and roll. You know, he creates a lot of threes, a lot of layups, a lot. I think he averages about four assists to AD, which is by far his the most he's ever had to a particular player in his career, which says a lot in terms of, you know, he played with Chris Bosh, he played with Dwayne Wade, and obviously Kyrie is a prolific scorer who's still going. Obviously, he's hurt right now, but Kevin Love as well, a good good stretch big. So, you know, it, it says it says a lot when – you're looking at the stat sheet and seeing how much LeBron generates on offense, which is obviously going to be a bit concerning for New Orleans. But I think this time around, they're better. They're, they're a lot more built to defend. Obviously, Zion has a ways to go defensively. He even says it. He's like, I, I feel like I, I, I could have made this decision better or that decision better on defense or played this. But, you know, t- maybe taking advantage of that is going to help uh, L.A. and of course, you know, AD being a guy playing his former team, I'm looking for that as well. But it intrigues me this time, obviously, having a guy like Zahn in the lineup just because I don't know how LA is going to guard him. I don't think anybody's figured it out. Um, Milwaukee did give him some issues from the floor, but he still he showed glimpses of, you know, what he what he could be. You know, he muscled Giannis for a, a rebound, you know, kind of snatch it from him as if he was the veteran and not the rookie. So that says a lot about his tenacity and obviously in terms of how he's built. You know, it, it's very, it's going to be a very good game. I, I really like this Tuesday uh, matchup in terms of what TNT has to offer. But, uh, you know, just looking at the game itself, it's going to be the the three things I'm going to look for in this game is the transition defense from L.A. They love to crash and obviously giving up dunks on the other end. And the threat of Zion may open up some threes for. Um, for for New Orleans, that's that's the second thing. You know how how is Zion's um, ability to finish at the rim and finish in the paint going to open up a lot of shooting? And LA has been prone to giving up runs because of how they seem to very, they're very aggressive crashing the glass, and sometimes that throws things off in transition. So that's a, that's a thing to look for. And thirdly, um, just to see in terms of. You know, who's going to step up for the Lakers? Obviously, this has been a big question. Rondo was big for them last game. Kuzma had a good first half, but didn't really do much outside of that. But, you know, the matchup in terms of, I think it's on both ends of the floor in terms of who other than maybe Davis is going to guard Zion because obviously LeBron may get him. But I think at this stage in his career, he's not going to, you know, want to guard him full full game just because obviously it's not a playoff game. Although it is a big game, but... You know, obviously he's playing for June and um, just looking at who who's going to guard him. That's that's just going to be that's just going to be the thing. I don't think anybody's figured it out outside of maybe Milwaukee. But like I said before, you know, that guy, that kid's something special. We're seeing a guy like LeBron who's not really at the peak of his powers, but he's still elite. You know, it's hard to look at a lot of people's stats in year 17 and be like, that guy's a top three, top five or even to. A lot of people may be the best player in the NBA. So versus a guy that's uh, Zion and doesn't 
hasn't even scratched the sh- surface really. He's uh, he's not even twenty games in. So yeah, we're gonna see a tale of the you know today versus a uh, guy of today, the past, and also in a way uh, the future as well in terms of the way uh, Zion is gonna be. You know, maybe a guy who carries a torch going forward. But yeah, you know, it's a good Tuesday lineup. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, appreciate the love and support I've been getting. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your Tuesday nights. That's all, folks.